When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR when you sign up for a new account to get amazing odds boost every single day. I'm your host, Rudo, joined by AJ Hayfley. As uh, been, it was looking like it was going to be a slow day, but uh, news ramped up just around 1 o'clock here as, as a bunch of stuff going down in the NHL. All of them. Uh, we'll start with the AV side of things. AJ, I know you guys kind of talked about McKinnon the other day with them saying he's not going to play against Tampa, but he is skating today, did take practice in a no-contact jersey, was out there skating around, and is said to be an option for the first game against Dallas on Sunday. So it doesn't look like the Avs will be missing him for too long. That's some good news. Um in other avalanche news, I, I don't know what to make of these these quotes, AJ, because it seems like every hockey player says this when they're in a contract year. But Pavel Francois talking about loving Denver and the hockey team and wants to stay. Do you put any any real stock into that, AJ, or is that just standard hockey player PR speak? Uh, both, because you don't hear it coming from Nazem Kadri. True. Everybody knows the score with Kadri. <laughs> Everybody knows that he's going to get and that the abs are not going to be the one to cut it this summer so uh everything about franco's presser today was adorable the uh (laughs) him being so concerned about being stuck at the airport that he mispracticed and him calling jared bedner fun like just an endearing guy right like it's you're just like oh we've been there uh and then, and then him, you know, hey, it's a it's a contract year. This is about the time of year when front offices start talking to agents uh, for guys that they Looking think they might the want to bring back. Yeah, especially teams that, uh, uh, especially teams that know they aren't going to be major players at the deadline in moving guys. Um, like you look at, um, you look at someone like the, you know, a Dallas or, uh, maybe a Winnipeg or an Anaheim guys who have some interesting upcoming UFAs right? and they're, they're on the bubble of the playoff picture. And, uh, you can understand why they may be, you know, why they're not having a conversation about extensions. Cause it's like, we're, we could trade you in a month. So, you know, but but Franco's in Colorado is a very different situation, especially as like the backup goalie where I've said it before, but if they offered him the same exact contract that he's on, I think that would be perfectly fair, given that he Run missed an entire year yeah. and he's played like 10 games. <laughs> <laughs> like you give him a two year extension off of 10 games, like big time trust fall, right? But. You love what you've seen out of him in net. Uh, you you love that he gets along with the he's he's taken to your coaching. He's been great in your community. 
Uh, he's he's done everything that you've asked of him since he came to your organization after coming over from the KHL. Yep. So it's... you know, I just think that even though even though you're giving him the extension off of just a just a, a couple of games in the NHL this year, you are comfortable with the with the player in Certainly in the NHL. Everything he's shown in the games that he's been able to play gives you confidence that there shouldn't be any issue with running it back, assuming he's healthy. Yeah. And like, I, he could totally uh, justify holding out and saying, I want to see what the market. Yeah. I want, you know, can bring to me. I don't necessarily, especially if he has a really strong finish to the yeah. year. He, he turns 32 this summer though. So and, like, this is not uh well, and that's, kind of the conversation around Francis that you have Francois, sorry that you have um it, from the player standpoint I don't know that it makes a ton of sense for him to get this deal done early right because he's saying I have a chance to prove myself through the rest of the season make some more money or potentially even get a team interested in having him as a starter so I would be surprised if that deal got done we early. we say that but also look at Logan O'Connor like when you're comfortable yep, in a place and and you like being in a place and you like the opportunity and they that place is willing to give you a little bit of security could Logan O'Connor have held out for for more and you know and said hey I'm going to take this chance and I'm going to try and go out and have a 30 point season and get two and a half million or whatever per year like yeah he could have totally I done that but also you're talking about an undrafted guy who got security and the thing is, for me, when you're comparing Logan O'Connor to Francois, you're looking at, oh, O'Connor went to DU and he stayed in Colorado and he wants to stay here. Okay, no big surprise. Francois literally came across the ocean to come play in North America. It's not like this guy is averse to making significant moves to go play hockey. True. But, but also, like, it's a good organization. He likes it here. He's established here. He's comfortable here. He's now been here for three years. Like, this is where he has spent his time in North America. You know, this is this is where he's been. Well, and I do wonder if there's a little bit of respect there, right? With Franco's missing the time that he did, the Avs didn't go out and get a replace a proper number two replacement for him, right? They were getting by on guys like Jonas Johansson and Devin Dubnik, hoping for Frankie to get healthy instead of Frankie coming back and suddenly he's in the AHL again. So, yeah, I, I do think it is a little bit of a two-way street there, and I could totally see Frankie wanting to stay here. At, at the end of the day, that comes down to player preference, right? It, it's yeah. his decision to make. Yeah, and like the goaltender carousel spins every single year. Oh, yeah, for sure. And so, you know, he could he could easily go – have a strong second half of the season go into the market and and you know somebody out there would be willing to Edmonton offer throws sort of four million dollars at goaltenders yeah, constantly i mean arizona gives him a, a three-year deal at five million dollars per yeah. says, come be our starter or whatever you know like you could talk yourself into that you know or you could just say hey i'm happy where i am if they came if the abs if the abs called him up and said hey we'll up this we'll give you two and a half million for two years just enough to keep you around kind of thing yeah and you know that that raises the expectations a little bit he's got to play he's got to he's got to be good two and a half million for a backup is gonna make him one of the more expensive backups 
backups. Like, I call him a backup, but, like, he's played great. Yeah. Like, he's played great. There's, I guess, I guess I'm, I'm I'm kind of just mentally discounting the fact just because Darcy Kemper's been so good recently that Franco's that just takes his job. But yeah. like I guess there's a world where Frankie just outplays Darcy Kemper down the stretch and the ads are like, all right, that's our guy now. The only real hole I think for Frankie's resume right now is you haven't seen him go for an extended stretch against quality competition. Yeah. And really dominate. Yeah. That's that's about the only hole is, is you have questions about can he do it over a long-term stretch because we just haven't seen it because it was Grubauer. Now it's Kemper that, that is playing well as his tandem mate. So, yeah. And I mean, you he's never he's never like proven it yep. as like a as like the guy. Uh, he's always been in sort of the backup, the backup role. It's the easier then, games. Also, gets unbelievably good goal support, by the way. Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> uh, has won a lot of a lot of his worst games. He got bailed out by some some impressive goal scoring. So, yeah. um, yeah. No, I think that that's you know just that conversation. I think that's an interesting. Yeah, he could. He could totally, and this is this is where it's funny because we always just make these decisions for players. <laughs> right? Oh, just do this or do that or whatever. Like Claude Giroux's come totally getting traded at the deadline. Well, if Claude Giroux decides he doesn't want to get traded, Claude Giroux's not going anywhere. <laughs> you know, like yeah, like we're gonna talk about Montreal a lot today. Yeah, that's why the headline was what it was. Main topic of the show. We're getting there. We're getting through the news first. Yeah. We're just kind of working our way through some app stuff first here. Uh, I, I mean, it's this this question is just a little too black and white. It depends on the goalie. It depends on the team situation. It depends on There's a million so factors. factors. Yep. Yeah. It depends. It depends on a million factors. Uh, a guy like a guy like Franzos, a guy like even a guy like Kemper. I mean, Darcy Kemper has got a great reputation right now because he had one or two awesome years in Arizona, but. Outside of that, like he's he's totally unproven yep. in the postseason. He's got also, no real track record. Two goalies that clearly have had trouble staying healthy in the years. Yeah. So yeah, it's true. A lot of things to balance there. Um, moving into some other non-as related news, really quick. A couple of hearings in the NHL player safety world coming out. Uh, one for Brad Marchand who just straight up punch Christian Yari in the face and one for Felino for kneeing Adam Lowry after a, well, it's kind of still during the fight, but they went down to the ice. Um, uh, there was also the news of Andrew Shaw talking about his argument with George Peros. This was from years ago, but he talked about it in an interview. Basically, it doesn't feel like a good look when, NHL players are this upset with Peros and player safety as much as the fan base and, and everyone else outside the game seems to be. Like you understand that that's a thankless job that nobody's gonna really like Peros. Nobody's really gonna like the job that he does, right? Everybody's yeah. gonna be mad about every decision that he makes. For sure. But this is a tough spot. Yeah. Not a great place to be in when uh 
when you have players openly coming out and talking how you it's a problem that's when you know you're in trouble i think that's when some alarm bells start ringing yeah especially players like andrew shaw who are very much their game was always on that edge right yeah a guy who had to deal with player safety quite a bit yeah Yeah, like throughout his career because he he made his entire nhl career out of being a guy that had to live on the edge you know he was a little on the small side so he had to play up to to make up for it he had to bring in uh and that extra element in order to to overcome some of that and having a guy like that come out and like also like andrew shaw was a shithead during his career so you take that with a grain of salt right like yeah it was like when Dan Carcillo started his crusade against the NHL. You're kind of like, buddy, you're fighting against the very thing that gave you a career. Yeah. You know, like this, it's, it starts off a little hypocritical. And then, you know, now there are so many different things that Dan Carcillo has talked about over the years where I don't, I don't really feel that way anymore. Uh, and I think that his heart's in the right place. He's just, sometimes a loose cannon right but with andrew shaw it's kind of like you can't you can't have players like openly going after your department of player safety yeah if they have no trust in that process whatsoever you have a really big problem yeah because of course of course teams aren't gonna like it right like they're always gonna think that their guy yeah didn't do anything and that the other guy murdered their guy and they should get the book thrown at them on a team basis, I get that, but from a player to player thing, if you have players out there going, well, I might not get suspended, so I'm going to take my chances. That's how you lead to disastrous consequences to hits. Right. So you got to tighten up the ship a little bit there, I, I think. Yeah. And uh, we'll say, I think the Felino one is pretty straightforward. That looks like two or three games to me. Yep. Um, it's dirty. Yep. It's predatory. It's, it just looks like a penalty. It's just stuff that you don't do, right? You know, like you're yeah. just like, all right, this is that one. That one does not jump out to me that much as particularly. Yeah. The, the Marshan stuff, I think, is a lot more troublesome in part because there was this whole narrative around, well, he's reformed. Right. And yeah. you go, he had, he had so many suspensions early in his career for doing just, and now yeah. he's gone a really, really long time without it. And I thought it was a fair conversation to say, Hey, he's figured out how to tow that line. And then you see him completely lose it. Yep. Just loads up and punches Tristan Yari right in the face. <laughs> like, and then, and then, like, this is the, an entire night where he just had a bug up his ass. Yep. You know, like, Tristan Jari's trying to give a puck to a fan and Marshawn swats it away. Like, that's not obviously not suspendable. He's just being a dick. Yep. And, and then you see him do that. You see him just straight up like clock your goaltender right in the head and then he skates away and he jabs him with a stick too. And it's like, what are you doing? And this is, this is the a great example of what I was talking about in, in earlier in the year when 
we were when the abs were involved in several high profile suspension worthy conversations, conversations yeah and it was it was all about hockey play versus not a hockey play you know yep. the 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 cadre hit the landeskog hit those were all suspendable was, but they were they were guys playing guys like hitting guys who had pucks zero conversation about that at this march in <laughs> the play was right. clearly and over <laughs> the the play is over and he just rolls in and smokes your goaltender in the head yeah like rocks him right in the dome and you're just like you're not playing hockey. You're not doing anything. You're just being a piece of shit. I I, I want to preface this by saying I agree with everything you said. I think it's totally unacceptable for Marshand. But to play devil's advocate for one second, how many times have we seen a goaltender take the blocker and just throw it at somebody? Oh, totally. So it sucks, dude. And it's it, there's a reason like that they that they were like, hey, you can't do that anymore. Yeah. Because you remember, I think it was I think it was Darcy Kemper that yeah, did it to Landis to, to Landeskog back in the day. And Landeskog was like yeah, anyway. Landeskog was like, Yeah, tough guy hit me with this blocker. <laughs> it's like I'd I'd swing away on people too if I had that thing attached it, to my arm. It felt like it happened way too regularly i'll put it back like yeah, i said like, there was a t- one with kerfoot a few years back where he took one to the head um jordan bennington does it every other freaking game yeah i mean jordan so. that's the there was i saw people talking about it last night like oh should you know what would bennington have done had that happened to him and it was like <laughs> he would have been pretty lit up about it yep he'd have wanted the fake fight like he always does but uh yeah it was i remember doing yeah billy's right it was dubnik that went oh it was you're right it was Dubnik. thank you thank you billy i do remember that that was a good one it's it's funny we've got like a laundry list of abs wild just like run-ins over (laughs) the years (laughs) so anyway and just an interesting conversation it's one that Unfortunately, I don't think this conversation is going to go away until George Peros is no longer in that job. Well, and then it's just going to change. The The problem that you have with George Peros is that there's been a very clear preference and that there's been favoritism. Yeah. And you can draw a line between the guys who have supported the violent gentleman organization have gotten lighter sentences. And you can draw like a clear distinction there. Where those guys, those guys have gotten off a little easier than some of the other guys. Where, you know, you're like, wow, they really came down hard on that guy. Yeah, I, I, it's gotten to a point where the inconsistencies are so so obvious um, it, that it can't be just brushed off anymore, right? Yeah, that's like okay. The the meme is you spin the wheel of justice, right? And and player safety is just super inconsistent. But when you're starting to see those lines get drawn of some guys get suspended and some don't, that's when you start to have a problem. Uh, anyway, make sure you're taking care of yourself better than the Department of Player Safety is taking care of NHLers. Our next partner has a product that I use pretty much every day. It's called Athletic Greens. I started taking it because it's super easy, just a quick drink that has 75 high-quality vitamins, a bunch of minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. 
So jump in on it. Get in on the Athletic Greens craze. Super easy drink that you can just drink for a couple of seconds every day to get all the vitamins, minerals, all that stuff that you need. It's great for athletes. I I have it on good authority that a number of of athletes are taking this stuff, and it it really helps them with stuff like recovery. When you go to the bar, have a good time, have some drinks like me, you get up in the morning, you take this, it gets you going. Real good to keep you healthy so you don't put on too much of a a big gut like I'm working on right now. Trying to slim it down a little bit. So check out Athletic Greens today. They have a bunch of amazing options. And right now, to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. So it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. Especially heading into the flu and cold season, it's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements. Just get it all in one. You can go to the athleticgreens.com slash avalanche right now to go and get what you need. Again, athleticgreens.com slash avalanche to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Also brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. You know the good stuff. Go on there. Go get yourself a ton of money. Super Bowl 56, still right around the way. You get 56 to 1 odds when you sign up with code DNVR. Jump on it. Go get $280 for your $5 bet if you pick the winner of the Super Bowl. Also, if you didn't know, right now, they are running a a lottery draw where they're going to give five people a free $1 million bet on the Super Bowl. You have to win the lottery draw, but chance at a free million bucks from DraftKings. Why not jump on it? There you go. Billy knows what's up with Athletic Greens. Takes care of your body real good. Uh, DraftKings has you covered. It's it's great, great, great fun. If you at least get the $280 in free bets. Oh, <coughs> excuse me. Couldn't reach the mute. Are you dying? I might be. I Golly, might be. man. Uh, DraftKings. Go get a chance at a million bucks. Go get your 280 in free bets. Bet on whatever you want. Uh-oh. I'm going to have to cough some more. All right. We made it to the mute button that time. We're good. Uh, <laughs> go over there. Use the DNVR code. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Other terms, restrictions, and conditions apply. TheDraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. And, of course, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. I wish I was a robot, man. I wouldn't have this cough then. Yeah, right. Could you imagine being a robot and getting sick? Oh, that would be awful. I guess. I mean, I guess it's like a virus, just like <laughs> like we get viruses, but yeah. Uh, but that means someone would have had to upload it to me. Yeah. So who's the spy? All right. Anyway, second period. Birds aren't real, people. <laughs> Birds aren't real. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast. The big news of the day, the Montreal Canadiens firing Dominique Ducharme for, you know. All right, we try to drink. That should probably help. Maybe, maybe struggling right now. Uh, (coughs) Montreal is the worst team in the NHL by nearly every metric you can imagine even worse than Arizona at this point. So yeah, they are very, very bad. Ducharme going 
not the biggest surprise in the world, obviously. It's been a tough year, too, because you're talking about a team that lost Carey Price and Shea Weber before the season even started. Yep. Uh, and then during the season, you have seen uh, on, on injured reserve, right now on injured reserve, uh, they have Jonathan Duran, Christian Dvorak, David Savard, Joel Edmondson, Jake Allen, Matthew Perot, and Michael McNeeman. That's right. a lot. Seven seven guys and six of those, I would say, are important players. Yep. And that's that does not count Shea Weber on LTIR and obviously Carey Price, who's in the player assistance program. I mean, yeah, say what you want about the quality of goaltender that Jake Allen is, but <laughs> the Habs are starting Caden Primo and Sam Montebo right now. Montebeau. Right. Like a couple of guys who were decent prospects when they were drafted. And it was like, Hey, maybe they could be a good goalie someday, but that's like Jeremy Smith, Calvin Pickard level. Yep. It's really, really bad. Like that's, that's a, that's a duo that's going to lose a lot. Yeah. <laughs> they, are officially now, as Arizona has made it to 11, the only team with less than double-digit wins on the season, with just eight. Uh, they're about as bad of a hockey team as you can possibly be. Yeah, uh, we came into the year, and I I had talked about Arizona being all-time level of bad because they were built to be that way. Montreal has 23 points in 45 games. Yeah, they're well below a 48-point pace so far this season. So right now it's 41. Yikes. That's a yikes. They have a negative 79 goal differential. Uh, they're somehow... I, I don't know how you're worse than Arizona. Yeah, Arizona they're... is furious right now. They tanked for Connor McDavid, only to be outdone by Buffalo. They uh, they botch, they lose that lottery. They botch an all time great draft. Yep. With with the Dylan Strome pick in between a whole bunch of guys who have gone on to be the best players of this generation, and now they're doing it again. They've tanked for Shane Wright, uh, and Montreal has somehow bottomed out harder. Yep. Out tanked them again. Un unfortunate that they keep having this happen to them. But AJ's losing his mind over there. I'm just so impressed at how bad they are. Yeah, it's well, and, and what makes it so impressive is how accidental this was, right? Right. They were in the Stanley Cup finals. Yep. Last and season. You can say what you want about how they got there and they wouldn't have even made the playoffs in a normal year and all of that, but they went from there to literally the worst team in modern NHL history. So, and that wasn't even on purpose. Yeah. A real tough spot. Obviously <clears throat> the organization now going under major changes with a new front office and now no head coach. <laughs> yeah. Supposedly, the new head coach is going to be announced in a few hours. And I mean, every time it's with the Canadians, we all know it's, it's Patrick Waugh for sure. It's, <laughs> it's always going to be Patrick Waugh, right? Like, it's like, 
every time every time that the Canadians need anybody, GM, coach, anything, it's like Patrick Watt time, baby. Yeah. Like, look. Look, I I don't think it will be Patrick Waugh for the record. I just the NHL's better with him in it. Uh, I I agree just, with that. It's I'm like here for it's, the, it's, the entertainment. It's, it's like when it's like when the Raiders are good in the NFL, right? Like everybody hates it, but you need a villain. Yeah, I'm 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 here for someone to hate. Don't get me like, wrong. Are we like are we are we over Boston being a villain? Just like as a city. <laughs> Like, like, can are, are we just are we just over it by now? It's been twenty years of it. So anyway, uh, what we really wanted to talk about with the Canadians is wow, they're bad. But how uh, how can how can a team like Colorado try and pick them bones? Yeah, and surprisingly, for a team that is so terrible, there are quite a few potential interesting targets. It's it's really weird because it's like when you look back at the Avs 16-17 roster, you're like, okay, well, on that roster was what has been one of the best top lines in the yeah. NHL since that season. The core like, of that team. All of those guys were really on good. that were, yeah. were on that team. <laughs> you know, like there's it's it's just so it's just so odd. Yeah. But then you get going into you get going through that roster, and I've always I've always talked about like, look, I would I would kill for a guy like Brendan Gallagher in Denver, but just not realistic. Yeah. But I, why why you know the, he just resigned there. He has all the trade protection. He's twenty nine years old. Like it's gonna be, ugh, that's a that's a lot, right? Yep. Josh Anderson is on that huge deal. Um, meh. Like I really like Josh Anderson as a player. Under no circumstances am I about to pay for not that much that, of that contract. Long, sure. Yeah, no, yeah. that contract is stupid. Yep. Um, I like the player though, power forward who doesn't pass and has a really good shot and really likes to shoot. Cool. Know who you are. Lean into it, right? <laughs> like Mike Hoffman, no, hard definitely not hard yeah. pass. Okay, Tyler Toffoli. That's, That's where the conversation name. starts. Yeah. That's an interesting name. He's signed uh for two more years at 4.25 million. He's 29 years old. Uh, and you have to expect that every team out west that wants to make an upgrade looking at him is going to at least have him in the conversation and be like, okay, well, uh, uh, interesting, uh well, interesting. And this is a conversation that we've teased a little bit, and I'm sure we'll talk more about over the next couple <clears> of weeks, but if you're the avalanche and you're looking towards the future and thinking maybe there's a world where they can't realistically bring Burakovsky back. Or don't want to. Or don't want. Doesn't matter the why or the how. It seems like you might just be able to drop Tyler Toffoli in his place. He's, he's a guy who's pretty much a lock to give you 45 points a year if he's healthy. Yeah, and he's like a where he doesn't fit Colorado is how they play. For sure. He's not, he, he doesn't have the legs. Yeah. yeah. He's never been a good enough skater to really play uh, that kind of really aggressive attacking style that Colorado wants to. So stylistically, you're saying he could be a misfit here. Yep. Um, but just like, he's a quality NHL player. He's signed for, he's signed for two more years. Yep. And, and 
you know, he's a little bit of a different look, right? That's that's a move that you're maybe making a little bit more long term than your normal trade deadline acquisition. Yeah, obviously him being signed for two more years, that takes a decision off the table for you in the next season. Yep. You don't have to worry about uh, you know, you're not having the Burakovsky re-signing conversation or whatever, you know, whatever. You're just not, you're just not doing that now because of um, the security of having him signed. And at 4.25 for a guy that at worst would play in your middle six, yeah. like at worst. It's, it's a good price. It's, if you are interested in bringing Jonas Donskoy back, you should be interested in Tyler Toffoli. They kind of fill the same same role with Toffoli, probably certainly a little bit more offensive punch potential. Yeah, well, and more reliable, and also a guy, uh, also a guy that has done it in deep playoff runs. Yep, he was with a big reason for yep. he was a big reason for the Kings' success uh, in their second run, and he was a big part of the Canadiens' run, run this last, last year. year. Yep. Um. So, you know, an interesting conversation, right? Uh, and then you start to get into you start to get into a lot of other guys like Yoel Armia is a guy that I've always loved. Uh, I, I just love his game. He plays hard. Yep. Uh, he's he plays a really punishing style, but he's too expensive for my taste for what he brings offensively. You're he's their JT Confer, basically. Uh I mean the abs are getting way more production out of JT Comfer. It's more like he's the really expensive Tyson. Jones. The abs are getting more production out of JT Comfer this year. When you look at the previous years of his career, his first couple of years in Montreal, it was pretty Comfer esque. But yeah. anyway, and, and that's if Joel Armia was on a one year deal, I think that's an interesting conversation. Yeah, or or like a multi-year deal where he's making like two million dollars cheap but on the it, cheap, sure. Yeah, you're talking signed for three more years at three point four million dollars at twenty eight years old. The answer is no. Yep, that's not not going to happen at that point. Um, <clears throat> yeah, uh, a guy like Paul, you know, you're talking Paul Byron. No, the answer is just no. Yeah, just not going to give you enough. You know, you get into you know. Uh, Cedric Paquette, uh, Rem Pitlick, they just claimed off waivers, so you may not even have to wait that long to get another, to get a look at him. Then you get into, you know, like, uh, obviously they're not going to move the Caulfields or the Suzuki's of the world. I'd be, I'd, I'd probably make a call on Ryan Paling. Just to and, see. And I would say Ryan Paling for Martin Couch straight up. Any interest? Of, the change of scenery type move. Exactly. Then, yeah. And see if they'd have any interest in that because Ryan Paling is a he's a big center that I don't know. I think you could probably you could talk yourself into giving a look uh, in your four C job, which it continues to be a revolving door after they decided to bring up Dylan Sakura and not Mikhail Maltsev today. So, yeah. all right, so we've kind of gone through most of the forwards. Jake Evans signed for three more years at one point seven is a hell to the nah. There's a couple more guys I want to get to, but first, you guys need to hear about Ivaca. Look, we all know there have been uh, significant problems getting the Avalanche and Nuggets on TV here in Colorado. So if you want to solve that problem, Ivaca can do it for you and can do it for cheap. They have Altitude Sports. You can get it 
right now for 25 bucks a month and $5 a month for their receiver. It's next-gen broadcast technology with allows a vibrant picture quality using far less bandwidth and streaming services. It's a split system where it does use internet, but it also has an over-the-air antenna smart receiver as well. So not only do you get altitude, you get ABC, NBC, Fox, CW, all the national channels too. It's a great system that's super easy to use. Once you're plugged in, you're good to go. It works just like regular TV. Again, you know, since you can't use Comcast here, Avaca is a great option to get your abs and nuggets games super duper easily. So be sure to check it out today. Get in on it. Avaca TV. It's I'm planning on getting it mostly because I hate direct TV stream. It just doesn't work very well, but you can go to Avaca dot TV slash DNVR. That's E-V-O-C-A dot TV slash DNVR to check it out today. There's no contracts. There's no fees. It's just 25 bucks a month plus the five bucks a month for the receiver. So go check it out. Get yourself altitude back on your TV right here, right now, today. And then go get yourself a Breck Brew to drink while you're watching the Avalanche. Uh, you can go get them at the bar, of course, but also recommend if you're watching an Avs game, go grab a Breck Brew. Make sure you have one in your hand for the first period. Keep the receipt. If the Avs score two goals in the first period, Breck Brew will buy your first beer for you. Just take a picture of the receipt. Go to breckbrew.com. Enter their two for a brew promotion. Send the receipt. You get paid back for the beer. <clears throat> Excuse me. Breck Brew is great. I, I really can't recommend them enough. I love their beer. Their avalanche is perfect for drinking for a hockey game. Uh, go check it out. Uh, Ivaca is not in Canada, unfortunately. It's the Colorado area, but also Phoenix, Boise, uh, and Idaho. I guess Boise's in Idaho, but, you know, those general areas. Uh, anyway, check out Ivaca. Check out uh, Breck Brew. Check out us. Probably a good time to get a DNVR annual membership to check out all of the ads stuff going on as the trade deadline starts to ramp up. We got a bunch of coverage planned for you. So, yeah, be sure to tune into that. Like and subscribe here on YouTube. Follow everything we got going. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. <clears throat> all right. Should we get into some of these other names here, AJ? I know you said we got through most of the forwards. Uh, yeah, I would I would say most of the forwards that I, I I'm just kind of like dismiss, 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 dismiss. Yeah. Outside of outside of Toffoli, I don't think any of those guys are actually interesting conversations. There are two that really stand yep. out to me as real conversations. Yep. Like Christian Dvorak is not like if he was healthy. No, I like Christian Dvorak, but he's not going anywhere. Yeah. They yeah. uh. Yeah, he's not going anywhere. So. The two that are interesting, would you rather start with Lekkonen or Druin? Uh, we can start with Jonathan Duran because we, we've we been, like, dunking on the idea of, oh, reunite Duran and McKinnon for years. Yeah. Like, every year at the trade deadline, you have people who are like, oh, they should they should go and get Duran and put him back with McKinnon. It worked in junior. <laughs> and it's been one of the more annoying, like, Takes. narratives that would not seem to die. And for the first time ever this year, I'm like, no, that's the take. It's time. Now, granted, Druin is currently out with an upper body injury. It's not exactly clear when he's going to be back. But assuming health, I really do think he's a really good fit for this hockey team this year. 
I I don't know that you're necessarily directly reuniting him with McKinnon. I think he's probably more of a dude that you drop in on the second line. But either way, I do think Drew. Uh, yeah, no. That, this is the thing: is like you're reuniting him with McKinnon in that you're they're on the same team, I yes, guess. But that's the end of that. They're on the same team. Yeah. <laughs> they're not going to be playing together uh, unless you decide to put Duran on your top power play, which this year, why would you? Yeah, working that, pretty that okay. It is good <laughs> and it's doing a good job. You don't need to mess with it. Yep. So it, it, it's an interesting conversation just because I think in a lot of ways he does fit the bill uh, in the same way that a guy like a Claude Giroux can fit that bill for you. Someone who's going to operate more as a facilitator than a goal scorer. But you throw that guy with a Burakovsky or Kadri, and that makes a ton of sense. So, And and the thing is, though, is that if you have to, you have to find a role for him because defensively he hasn't gotten any better. Definitely. Um, not appreciably better. But it's really just like, Um, it's really, it's really just like, if you put him on the left side next to Kadri and Burakovsky as a playmaker next to two shooters, you see the fit. Yep. It's obvious, right? The appeal there is really obvious. Um, and then you move Nachushkin down to play with new hook and whoever you put on the right side between Comfer, Abe Kubel and Logan O'Connor. Pick your favorite. Suddenly you have a plethora of options that you don't hate or yep. love. Yep. Um, assuming none of those guys go back in a Duran deal. Sure. I have no, and, and this, the other part of this conversation, I have no idea what that yeah, cost would be. We're not really getting into price on this show. Yeah. That's, it's, that's for the future. It's and and also like Duran is one where it's like, I genuinely, I just don't really know. What is he what, valued over there? Yeah. Right. Like he's broken the 50 point mark twice in his career. Um, This year, you know, between, between injuries and, uh, illnesses and and taking personal leaves. He hasn't played very much hockey the last three years. Yep, like he's played like a hundred games in three years. Uh, he didn't play at all in their playoff run last year. So I mean, it's it's really just not. It's been inconsistent for sure. So. Yeah, like so you're talking about an unreliable presence in your lineup is what I'm saying. So I don't think that the price here should be exorbitant. Uh, the name is bigger than the reputation or, or the reality at this point uh, of him as a player in the NHL. He's probably overpaid a little bit. Uh, but you're talking about like a guy that it, he hasn't been as bad defensively as in previous years where he was like, holy smokes. Um, it was a great game. Women's hockey rules. Watch more of it, yeah, please. Can confirm. But, you know, at least the better team won. Okay. Um, <laughs> and uh, anyway, um, God, I'm gonna have to get rid of you after the show. You're you're dying. You're dying, and you're talking trash. All right. Look, one of you, one of us has to be on your fiance's good books. All right. Okay, we know, we know it's not gonna be you. So yes, fair enough. <laughs> so anyway, with uh, with Duran, like I think there's, I think it's an interesting conversation. Only signed for the one more year at five point five million. You basically get a free look, and he's only 26 years old. 
So, uh, and he turns 27 next month. So that means that he'll get to free agency next year at 28 years old. You don't, you know, you don't need, um, you don't need to make a big commitment here. Yep. You get like a one year, hey, we're going to get to see what he looks like. And again, this is kind of your Burakovsky like replacement. I think uh, to a T, that second year is a Burakovsky replacement. Yeah. Uh, you run a line of what would probably be new hook drew um, and, and assuming Nachushkin comes back, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, we'll, that's see. for but, the future for sure. Yeah. But that's definitely, that's like, that's where you're starting. Yeah. Um, and you're, you're intrigued by that. You're like, okay, this could be interesting. Um, The other guy, the other guy not as interesting uh, in terms of the high end. Arturi Lekanen is a guy that the abs have had interest in before. And I always tell you, it would be any time that the Habs have interest in a guy, they always circle keep him back. on the list yep. forever. Yep, because they they will wait for a long time if they have to. They will wait. Well, and the thing about Lekin and that's interesting is one, he's an RFA, so they can have that conversation at the end of the year. But two, for this year, he's only two point three million on the cap. It's not someone that they have to do a lot of bending into knots to make the money work for. For sure, especially at, at the deadline. Um, yeah, so, and, and you're talking about a guy that doesn't really give you any kind of meaningful offense. He's a 30 point guy. Yep. A 30 ish point guy. So you're talking about a bottom. He's a hard bottom six guy. Uh, he does not, he's not a center. He does not do, he's not going to help you there. Not going to help you there, which is why I'm kind of lukewarm on the idea. Yeah. I That's agree. just not where Colorado needs much help. You're, you're min maxing a spot that doesn't need a whole lot of min-maxing on the yeah. roster. Because look at those, look at those, look at Colorado's bottom six wings. Yep. Uh, and you're, you're talking, um, you know. Comfer, O'Connor. Yeah, Comfer, O'Connor, Abe Kubel, maybe Jost, um, maybe Darren Helm. Um, if they go and get a bigger name. Maybe Nichushkin drops back down into that group. Uh, well, and that's and where the just... bigger name starts to make sense, right? When you're when you're replacing Darren Helm with Arturi Lekkinen, you're just not making your team that much better, right? Even if you are yeah. making it better, it's minimal. you're definitely better with with Lekkinen there. Um, I agree because he's he he does stylistically, unlike with the Tyler Toffoli, uh, stylistically Lekkinen can fly. Uh, so he's he just fits your natural identity a lot better, and like the idea of putting him on a PK next to Logan O'Connor, you're kind of like nice. That's hellacious. And then you throw Jost with Nachushkin out there, and you're like, cool. Now if you really need somebody to win you a faceoff, that's what you have Nazem Kadri for, and that's really the only other guy, right? Um, and then you throw you throw a new hook out there. Like those are your six PK guys that you're that you're living and dying with in that in that spot, and I like I like that idea. I think that's interesting, uh, but I just don't I don't know that does it wing, really move the needle? Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't know that another wing. Uh, it does help that he can play both sides. Like he's comfortable playing both sides. He's not like a hard like this guy will only play on the left for you. But I I'm just it's just sort of a eh. Because then you get to the end of the year, and then you're he is a he is an RFA, so you probably will qualify him and bring him back. And then I just don't I don't know how much better he makes you. I don't. It's not a bad ad. Well, and 
Well, and that's it's like, not a bad end. If this was like your for a fourth round pick, like it was right. from the Mesnikov, like, dude, yes, it it, it dep- it's going to depend on price. You know, if if, if you can get him for cheap, yeah. great, he will make you a little bit better. If they want a if, second round pick for the guy. The answer is on. no. Yeah, like then 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 the answer is no. If it's a fourth round pick, yes. If it's and obviously you settle somewhere in the third, you're you, you with a third round pick, and you're just kind of like, eh. You live with it, yeah. That's probably the right price because I'm uncomfortable with it, but I don't hate it. And that's how you know you're in the zone, yeah. Yeah. So, is that enough for Montreal to want to do it if they get a like a late third? No, I don't think so. Not not for an RFA, right? But anyway, yeah. It really just kind of depends on how much they really want to like burn this down and try and right. How how deep are they going to dig it out for sure? So Um, yeah, we can totally have the Drew or Pavelski conversation for like the seventeenth time already. I'm sure we will on a later show. Maybe not this week, but we'll talk about them. Don't worry. We'll talk about him a lot over the next yeah. month and a half. I mean, we've already talked about him a yeah. lot, and we're just going to yeah do it more. Um, yeah, they're not of, trading Sam Gerard fan. A, a couple of defensemen on this Montreal team, too. The three actually interesting ones. You see Ben Chirot, uh and Brett Kulak, and then, of course, Jeff Petrie at the top of that list. So I just – I always I always uh, love this um, with Brett Kulak because – I talked to I talked to an NHL scout a couple of years ago when Kulak was just really starting to break into the league, uh, and like they were convinced that Brett Kulak was going to be like the truth with Calgary. Yeah, and like work out, <laughs> and like they, it was like this guy is Chris Tanev all over again. <laughs> you know, like not like not like an incredible NHL player, but like this really good physical defensive defenseman that that doesn't do much offensively but elevates uh elevates and blah 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 right like he's he's so he's so solid defensively and like Brett Kulak's had like a fine career like no bones he's right a it, pretty it's fine dime a dozen defensemen in the NHL and it just hasn't really it has just hasn't gone that way but like then you go and you look at his analytics and you're like hmm Interesting. <laughs> All right, cool. It, like, it works. Tell me on this. It's yep. not the worst. It's not the worst thing uh, for them to do. I I don't love it uh, because you just the one thing that you have to do in Colorado is you have to have puck skill. Yeah, um, you just you have be to be able to move puck pucks skill. the right direction for sure. And, and you know, like you look at like an Ian Cole right now, where you're like, dude, was Ian Cole? like a high-end puck mover and like of course not but he was competent it was functional yeah right like it was competent you did not you did not get the butt pucker every single time (laughs) you got the puck yeah where you were just like oh jesus good god what's about to happen right like he he made plenty of mistakes but guys of that archetype of course do but you have to be able to move a puck at some and in some fashion uh, somebody asked me uh, uh, about Romanov earlier, and no. <laughs> I, I, if I'm Montreal, I don't. Why would no you interest? Them? Yeah, uh, there's no interest in that. Uh, yeah, I I would would definitely take Kulak over Chirat though. So Ben Chirat <sighs> has I don't know I don't know like last year when uh, we were pushing the Ayafalo thing for. 
meme reasons. reasons. <laughs> like we were just being, we were just having fun. Uh, the Ben Sherat thing is, I genuinely don't understand why so many people are interested in he, I, all these trade bait boards have him in like the top five. And every time I see that, I like, Oh, why is, why is this? I'm going to go look. All of his numbers are bad. Well, and it's like, they're not, they're not bad. <laughs> like I'm not looking they're at him. Like, oh bad. my God, this guy's a disaster. It's just like, I don't know. I, I think they're kind of bad. <laughs> It's, I just don't I don't understand why why people are so into the idea of him. Of like I I get that he's defenseman. yeah. Well, like I get that he's a, a pending UFA and that he won't in theory anyway, he won't cost a whole lot. Sure. But like you go and you look up his you go and you look up his analytics and you look at his impacts and you look at everything and you're just like A couple of years ago, maybe. Yep. Like this version of him, though, is not good, fam. Like, what are we doing here? Yeah, he. I. I agree. He's. He's bad. I don't know. Like, if you're like, oh, is he? Is he better than Curtis McDermott as a defenseman? Yeah. This, that's a low bar. Is he better than? Is he any better than Jack Johnson or Ryan Murray? No. It it does feel a little bit like the symptom of Canadian, I've heard of him. Canadian team guy that they don't want that they throw into every trade, right? The dude that gets thrown in, like the Avs with JT Confer, where every trade everyone's like, ah, just throw in JT Confer. Yeah. That's what it feels like. With I I mean, you and I do that because we understand that the Avs have to the move money. money. Yeah. JT Confer's not... it should just be dollar signs in every trade. Exactly. <laughs> like it's like JT Confer's contract. It's nothing about the player whatsoever. Right. So um, uh, it's like okay, um, whatever. Right. It, it doesn't. The other the other guy is Jeff Petrie, who has really interesting underlyings because um, his underlying numbers have always been pretty good. He's having. A nightmare of a season. Well, and six and a quarter for another three years. And this is this is the real conversation is Jeff Petrie is 34 years old. Yep. Uh just turned 34. And he has three more years at 6.25. So the answer is really no. Like there's just not even certainly really... straight up, it's not functional. Yeah. It's not really a conversation. Um Unless in unless they are getting creative to say the least, taking all like they would have to retain the max amount, so they'd have to retain three point one two five or even just like three would be fine. Yeah, but even then, you're talking about for three more years um, as he gets into his thirties, like deep into his thirties. Yeah, it's gonna get real sketchy at the end of that deal. I don't think there's any doubt about that. So, like, Jeff Petrie's had a nightmare of a season. I don't think he's anywhere as bad as he has been this year. But the question is, is at $3 million, I'd be a lot more interested. Sure. It's not, he doesn't have to be a stud defenseman at $3 million for you. This is also, this is also tied heavily to the Bowen Byram conversation. For sure. What's the status of Bowen Byram on March 20th? Yep. Because if you're in the same position that you're in now, I'm more interested. 
if he's back or if there are if there are enough encouraging signs that you're saying you know he might be back this year or we definitely feel good that he will be back next year it's a lot tougher of a sell for me but if it's still a total unknown and you're just like he may never play again kind of thing then you start planning you know yeah. you start making a move for the future and that's I know we're we're closer than we were, but that's still one where you're looking at it and you're going, let's maybe hold off until you get closer to the deadline on start starting to make decisions like that. So you have a better picture of where someone like Byram is at this year. You know, if Ben Sherratt was their best defenseman in the final series that they got smoked in, that's not the case that you think it is. That's that's like saying Connor Timmons was the Avs best defenseman in the Vegas series. <laughs> right. <laughs> Just means the team was a garbage. <laughs> like you remember they got worked in that series. <laughs> um anyway, I do think the, the Petrie conversation is interesting, but we do want to save some of that for either later this week or next week. And there isn't really anybody like Chris Weidman, no. No, not, I'm I, not having the I didn't even now. bring him up because I was like, the rest of these defensemen just are irrelevant for one reason or another. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. Just want to take a look at Montreal. Is Obviously, this is a team that pretty much everyone in the league is going to be trying to vulture on a little bit, I would think, at this trade deadline. Uh, we'll, we'll see how everything shakes out. But any any final thoughts here on Montreal, AJ? You got to make your phone calls. Uh, if I'm if I'm Kent Hughes, I'm aggressively trying to move, move everything. On. Yeah, uh, I I I mean I'm if I'm Kent Hughes, I'm trying to I'm I'm open to Brendan Gallagher. Yep. Uh, and if Brendan and if Brendan Gallagher uh, is uh, obviously if there's if that conversation is allowed to be had, I'm making that call. Absolutely. Of course you are. Of course you are. Yeah. But that's it. Um, All right. So like fire or sale it. Yeah, uh, they should be they should be aggressively looking to uh, get the young guys to turn over turn over their roster to the young guys. Uh, these all their high paid guys that are 29, 30 years old. They need to move get on. them out. Yep. All right. I think that's a good place to end the conversation. So thank you for hanging out with this chat. We appreciate all of y'all a ton. However, you consume the podcast. We're back tomorrow, back into the swing of things, pregame, postgame. Abs are playing hockey, so we hope to see you for those shows. Until then, we will talk to you all on the next one.